I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Elise Liffring. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data-driven marketing, all explained in plain English. We talk to the biggest names in digital marketing, and this week we sit down with Tim Ray, the Chief Experience and Marketing Officer for the Fortune 500 financial services firm, Edward Jones. As a brokerage firm founded in 1922, Edward Jones has been helping people and businesses invest wisely for more than a century. It currently has nearly 19,000 financial advisors who serve more than 8 million clients, with a total of 1.6 trillion in client assets in 2022. Our guest this week, Tim, has a wealth of experience in leadership and marketing. Before joining Edward Jones, he'd held executive roles at Office Depot and before that at Darden Restaurants, the owner of Olive Garden and Red Lobster, as well as roles at the Hershey Company and Procter & Gamble. Given this impressive range of experience, we started by asking Tim what he'd learned over the course of his career and to share any successes or failures that helped shape him as a marketer. I give this advice to to young marketers that it's all about this mantra I have of simplicity, transparency, and keeping the perspective of the end user. That's the what. And the how is you got to do your research, you got to keep it simple, and you got to be real. And I chuckle because I find myself as a good marketer getting excited about things and uh, not following my own advice. And that's where a, a lot of the opportunities, we'll call them, or failures, my wall of shame, have uh, <laughs> really come from. And, and so, yeah, we, we all have successes. Um, I, I think of the, t- the Take 5 candy bar, which um, is just an amazing product that uh, had the opportunity to launch at Hershey. And, and a lot of advertising wins and, and all those. But the things that stick with you are when you uh, just, oops, that, that, that didn't turn out right. I remember newly minted assistant brand manager at Procter & Gamble. We had this humongous size of Dawn dishwashing liquid that we sold in the club stores, so Sam's and Costco. But our engineers had figured out there was a better way to ship it to the stores. It was more cube efficient, so consumer packaged goods folks will appreciate this. And so rather than just put new on the bottle, new marketer, that's great space, I'm going to say something like, fits better under your sink. I had no reason to be able to make that claim, and I quite frankly don't know how I made it through legal, but it looked good. And what we found out, and this is before the age of social media or else I would have been blitzed on all my platforms, was that it did not fit better under people's sinks. <laughs> that, that new boxy shape didn't quite uh, fit right underneath the drain pipe. And so this was back in the days of Polaroids. Uh, we received thousands of folks who took a picture and went, um, it doesn't fit better underneath my sink. But I, I think the coup de, coup de gras of my uh, public humiliation was when I was at Olive Garden. And I happened to be there when gas prices hit about four bucks a gallon. So folks were pulling back. So my answer was, well, let's... Um, Let's double down on our promotional strategy. Basically, what we did was every six to seven weeks, we'd come out with some new creative Italian dish that we could advertise on TV that would just give you another reason to come on into your favorite place and uh, be part of the family. And so we quickly fast-tracked some, some dishes, and we made up some names, things like pastacchetti and uh, sofatelli. And it didn't work. The best part was when I opened up, you know, time.com and, and back in 2011, and I keep this, this, this article posted right over my computer as a reminder to keep it uh, simple, transparent, and from the perspective of the user. 
The two quotes I love are, what's interesting is that Olive Garden is saying sales have been poor because recently introduced menu items are unfamiliar with customers. But how could anyone be familiar with dishes that the teen just made up out of the blue? By expecting diners to dig into dishes mainly because they have authentic-sounding names, Olive Garden marketers seem to be under the impression that the people who eat at the Olive Garden won't know any better. All that to say, and I, I've I have plenty more in my. I'll, I'll protect myself with my current employer. We've 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 had some other wall of shame moments here, but regardless of whatever industry you're in, look, and the products and services will change. Your stakeholder chain uh, will change. It's really about understanding the value and relevance to the end user, and then figuring out how you get that through your stakeholders to the end user. And we talk about it as how do you think like your client versus just about them. The company, you know, just celebrated its centennial. You, you know, started out in the 1920s, but how have you maintained, how has the brand maintained that value and relevance over that last century? And, and, and where are you now? You know, how are you positioning the company to meet this moment? We looked at the 100th anniversary as a milestone. I mean, the company started out really as a way to provide access to the financial markets for underserved communities. And those were underserved communities in the Midwest, uh, farmers who didn't have access to Wall Street. That kind of ethos of how do you live with folks and serve them in their communities? We actually have the largest footprint. We have uh, more branches than Starbucks has stores in the United States. We're in 68% of U.S. counties. I think there's only one county county uh, that we don't have uh, a, a client in. And so it's really that ethos of living in the community, um, serving folks in that community, living with them day in and day out, getting to know them, uh, really providing them guidance and partnership uh, over time. So we, we got to celebrate that. We've done it for 100 years. Wonderful. Our corporate purpose is having a, a positive impact in the lives of, of our clients, our branches, but more importantly, our communities and, and impact on society. What I love is it's, it's an incredibly strong brand in an industry that may not always be as loved uh, I think the latest I've seen in the banking and finance industry is we're somewhere near lawyers and uh, used car salesmen. And, and, and uh, that, that's reality. But we're, we're stand out in that because we really are partners to folks in their local community. We look at it as turning the page to the next century. We ask ourselves, are we 101 worthy? Are we living up to our purpose? And we know that we're a little different in being purpose-driven. So it's, a, it's more about how are we supporting our branches? How are we supporting communities? I'd say from me, from a brand standpoint, how do we expand that trusted relationships to other areas of life? Finances are just a tool to really help folks achieve what they want. So how are we better understanding and better helping guide folks that, that when they think of the brand as the brand of partnering for positive impact, are we living up to that promise? You're a national brand, but you've got a very much of a, you might call a local sensibility. Maybe would it be fair to say a Midwest sensibility? So in other words, you're not coming from, you know, New York City or, you know, the banking center. You're coming from somewhere local and, you know, where you, people can relate to you. And I, I thought maybe that may be a good cue for us to talk about your last marketing campaign, Life's Moment. Could, could you talk a little bit about that, how that campaign rolled out and, and what its intention was? I will say, I wouldn't just call it Midwest, because I got friends in New York, too. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in the East Coast. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, not at all. I don't look at it as disparaging, because we do say we bring uh, Wall Street to Main Street. 
But I, I think it's really about um, spending the time getting to know someone and really what's important to them. And that's what's reflected in uh, our most recent commercial. Historically, we've had great uh, campaigns, but it's really focused a lot on what I'd say is the interaction between our advisors and the client in the office. And that is an incredible part of the experience we provide. But what we heard from potential clients were, you know, that's, that's great. I'll look for that, but I really want to know what's in it for me. Clients told us, hey, when I look back, uh, I want to say, wow, that was, we, we, we got this because of our relationship with Edward Jones, or um, this was a great decision um, to partner with Edward Jones over the course of our lives. So the campaign is really set in telling the story of our clients, that they're looking back at all the things that they wanted to do in their life and how a relationship with Edward Jones enabled them to do that. Do you see your role as a marketer in some ways as a financial educator too? I saw that a recent Edward Jones survey, for instance, on financial wellness found that nearly two in five Americans lack adequate savings. Yeah, it's kind of scary, isn't it? To answer your question directly, we certainly think of ourselves as as helping folks anywhere that they're at understand about the the financial mechanisms and we, what we call financial fitness. Harkening back to our heritage of serving underserved communities, uh, we want to by twenty twenty five. Uh, we have a national campaign that we've partnered with EverFi on that we want to make sure we have a, a million new learners who might not have been exposed to some basic financial concepts. And it does go back to our purpose. Uh, we think it's incredibly important that we as a society have an understanding of the financial markets, that we're educating the middle class uh, and, and all about how the financial markets work. Which opportunities are you kind of taking to, to, to reach the people who need that advice, who need to sit down with an Edward Jones advisor, who need to kind of look at their financial wellness? And how do you target and find those people? So from a business uh, standpoint, we, we really believe based on the voice that our clients have given to us, that their desire that finance is a relationship. It's an emotional business. I want someone to partner with me and keep me steady during uncertain times. Our model of, of having a personal financial advisor um, in the community, we think is extremely important. But we all know that we live on our phones, too. And there are times at 2 a.m. in the morning when my branch isn't open that I want some information. So from a channel standpoint, we're looking at what are ways that our clients uh, want to enhance that relationship. I'd say it's as recent as five, six years ago, heavily in television, uh, because our objective was to build awareness as our financial advisors interacted with their community Someone would say, oh, I know Edward Jones, and I'd love to have a conversation with you. I think as the pandemic accelerated, and we know in all of our lives, we've become much more of the moment. Uh, we've, we've moved somewhat down the funnel. We, we've rolled out something called our Edward Jones Match Program, where if you're thinking about maybe interacting with a financial advisor, you can do it on your own terms. Uh, here's what's important to me. Here's what I was thinking about. Here's someone that I'd like to interact with. And then we, we pull them into something called My Priorities, which is fairly unique for the industry in terms of trying to get at what are their basic values. And I know my wife and I took that survey and we came out of different places, which uh, <laughs> was was great for the financial advisor 
who may have in the past just treated us as a couple. Um, they could treat us as individuals. And so for us, we're, we're getting more and more into that digital frontier with the specific objective of really connecting interested folks with an advisor that would be a great fit for them and, and help them along in their financial journey. I'm curious about like performance marketing. Is um, CTV or connected TV on your radar at all? Yes, absolutely. We're, we're really looking across all channels, again, in service of getting someone into start that relationship with a, with a live human being in our branches. But nothing's off the table at this point except for TikTok because you really don't want to see me dance and we don't think that that's really going <laughs> to... It may change in the future. We may do some test and learn there, but uh, not sure that that's going to drive folks into a relationship with our advisors. Just pausing a second to kind of orient ourselves after that image uh, of of uh, TikTok uh, financial advisors on TikTok. I it could actually work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my teenage daughters are cringing at this point. Yes, to go back to the um, company and the the company's culture. What I'm hearing from you is that the culture there is very strong and very people oriented. Is that something that's reflected in leadership? Is that part of the entire ethos of Edward Jones? And how does that kind of filter down into all of these things and channels that you're talking about? Yeah, it's a great question. And the answer is a resounding yes and yes. Uh, this is a, a private partnership, uh, which is unique in the industry. So uh, we don't have a, an outside board, a lot of outside influences. Uh, we are fully at stake for our clients and focused on our clients. And then the advisors who are in the community. It's about that spirit of partnership. Uh, we, we talk about people being responsible to each other, not reporting to each other. Our senior leadership team is the, the lid of the organization and models. We, we do a lot of connection where we're flying out to individual branches and, and trying to really live what we say is the Edward Jones culture. We start off with our values that our clients come first, but then we quickly talk about the partnership we have with each other, that everyone and their perspective is is valued. I think that's why you see the firm on a lot of best places to work uh, for a variety of segments or overall. Um, those are outcomes of how you treat people, how you're coming alongside your clients, how you're coming alongside um, all those 19,000 folks who are out there every day trying to connect with those clients and make their lives better. It's more than a business. Um, it, it's a partnership. And I think that ethos is just pervasive uh, throughout. It's, I've, I've waited for seven years for the other shoe to drop. These people are really nice. Come on. And it's never happened. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Are today's consumers more prepared to handle recessions, you think? Or are we all just <laughs> struggling? <laughs> well, I don't think uh, you're ever prepared for a recession. What we love to do is take the long view and really help folks understand that there will be ups and downs. But we plan for it. A natural instinct um, is to, oh my goodness, get me out of this position. I want to buy low, sell high. Um, there's been plenty of research to show you can't time the market. And, and the best way is to, over time, have a long-term perspective, diversify into all the aspects of the market because you're not only looking for ups, you're looking to protect against downs. And that's exactly, exactly what our financial advisors do. We have that relationship with the client over the course of their lives, and we're there when there are ups and downs to help remind them that we've planned for this. It's okay. And the most important thing is you're still on track for what you wanted to do. 
we talked about, you know, celebrating a hundred and a uh, hundred years. And as you look to the future, what do you hope to achieve in terms of brand recognition? We say that our brand is our purpose. Um, our purpose is our internal way of talking about it. So partnering for positive impact. But we also see that as our brand promise, not only to our 8 million clients, but to also all those financial advisors who are serving in the communities. And so it's really a privilege to, to continue a strong story and steward the brand off of some folks who have just built a, a, an incredible promise and delivered on that day after day. I have the the privilege right now to work for an incredible visionary, Penny Pennington, um, who's very clear about our purpose is to serve our clients, be their life coaches, if you will, um, help them along in achieving what they want to do. And so that opens up some wonderful opportunities from a marketing standpoint of looking at the product and service uh, suite that we offer, deeply understanding and, and never stop understanding what our clients want and need so that we can continue to retool what we're doing, get better, use the experiences they're having, not only in financial services, but everywhere else to pull those into the experience they're having with us uh, and increase their satisfaction. So from a brand standpoint, that's incredibly exciting. Um, because not only do I get to build on that living our purpose, um, knowing that we're a little bit different, but how do we get deeper into supporting our branches and our communities? Uh, we're looking at, at, at really how do we make that local impact, that hyper-personalization. Um, we get the opportunity to, to increase the brand and leverage the trust we have in, in Edward Jones with our raving fanatics um, into other areas of life, uh, whether that's you know in, into their overall wellness um, and how their perspectives are in life. And then finally, um, it's really one of those stories where you just have to tell more folks. Um, we have 8 million clients now. We think that easily we could get to 42 million clients based on who values long-term advice, values a professional, uh, and really has a long-term perspective. And so um, we think it's, it's really telling and telling and retelling that story. We've turned the page in the second century, and um, man, this is, a, this is a cool job to have. And that's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next time we'll have a jinkier joggler car, also known as Jinx, the Senior Vice President of Sling TV Marketing. For us, fragmentation is really an opportunity, right? It's getting harder and harder for a customer to know where their favorite content lives. What we actually want to do is help simplify that. So we can message to our customers and our prospects, we're a simple way to watch the content you care about at a price you can feel good about as well. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Love and Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Chris Brooklier and Kat Festy. And remember... Someone once told me, and I really resonate with the, uh, the comment, that complexity is the function of ego. And so if you can keep things simple, often we make it complex because it's something we want to do, not what someone else wants. I'm Elise. And I'm Damien. And we'll see you next time. 